Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live, episode 26. Tom here with Jim, and we come to you this week, each of us, a week older. I'm not sure about any more wiser. Jim, hey bud, how are you? God, I hope so. As we go through these picks, I hope I got smarter, because the last year has not been good to me on these picks. I am uh, I am doing well, yes. We both had birthdays since we last uh, spoke to everybody, a little older, a little wiser. I actually... Uh, I, I, I got a couple of cupcakes sitting over here for later uh, from that's actually Christmas related from work, but um, we'll pretend it's birthday cupcakes. Why not? One for birthday, one for Christmas. I think that makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, I am doing well. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. We've never done a double head to head. I don't think, or if we have, it's been a long time. I don't think since we've restarted this, we, we haven't done this, um, but we've got two pay-per-views to talk about. Um, I also was going to mention, I did get my black Friday uh, order in from, Ringside Collectibles. Uh, I got Eric and Ivar and Superstar Billy Graham. Uh, those three figures all look just as amazing as they should. Um, all three should be in the conversation for like figure of the year uh, when you're talking our top 10 figures or whatever. Um, they are amazing. Um, Eric looks much tougher in his figure form than he does running around like an idiot in the 24-7 uh, division, I guess, for lack of a better word. But thank I don't think we have to talk about 24-7 today too much. So, um, And I did pre-order the uh, PWT's exclusive Mastodon Head Vader uh, today as well. It's only available for 24 hours, but there was no limit on them. Uh, they did an Owen Hart one about a week ago that was limited to 250, and it was gone in like a minute. Um, I I forgot that was happening. I probably would have ordered it as an investment <laughs> and I noticed, remembered it. But uh, this one probably won't go as much up because it's not as limited, but... Uh, it looked pretty darn cool. So I was like, yep, that will be my first micro brawler. I've jumped down a new rabbit hole. Here we go. Slippery slope. Right. Wallet heat, as uh, the guys at Fully Posable talk about wallet heat. Yeah. I've thought about it before. This one was the one that made me jump. I don't own the Ricky Steamboat micro brawler, but now I'm going to own a Vader one. That makes no sense to me. Sure. If I were to get one, I would want the Chris Hero. But yep. I have no idea how, where, when, and I'm sure the price is jacked up. Because I've seen some of those that are like Loot Crate or whatever, the, the whatever the mystery box, whatever, yeah. yeah, collectible ones. Like they just, and, and and the guys always, you know, chirp at the people who do that. I mean, but again, it's, the, I guess if the demand is there, I mean. You know, I don't, I don't mind it after the fact when they're no longer available. If the price goes up, what I hate is when people get the very first shipment of something. And they're going to come out, you know, like AEW Series 2 right now. You know, don't sell them for 100 bucks a figure right now. They're they're hopefully going to hit Walmart. Hopefully distribution's better than Series 1. You and I have talked about how much of a hunt that was. Um, I went ahead and just pre-ordered on ringside MJF because that's what I want. So I'm not going to mess around and wait for him. And ringside was also randomly sending out the chases on some of those. Um, so, hey, if I got a chance at a chase, that'd be kind of fun. Um, I probably got a better chance that way than I do finding one in Nebraska. So uh, anyways, let's talk. We, we do have a, uh, a little bit of a time frame to fit this episode in today. So let's talk head to head. Um, I don't know if we need to go over the numbers again. I think we can just simply say Tom is kicking the holy snot out of me. Well, this um, is a make or break weekend. We can just say that it's a it's a make or break weekend. It, it is. I am six matches behind his record. No, five, six. I am six. Are, okay. Yep, you are six. I couldn't remember if I went from seven to six, six to five, what happened? Um, so I'm six matches back. We have 14 matches to pick. 
quite frankly, in the next 90 minutes, our head-to-head competition might be over. Because unless we have six differences out of 14 matches, which seems a little unlikely without me really looking right now at every single match and thinking, I have a sneaky hunch this might be over in about 90 minutes and uh, you might be winning today, right now, live on the air. Well, I and we don't know. We didn't talk about this beforehand. No. So I we, we don't, and some of our picks, we, we, we talked about, we have some, some certainty there. And I think there's some that that we might differ on. So the, let, let yeah. the fun play out. That's right. Tom is sure that uh, Kevin Owens is winning the Universal title when we get to TLC. Spoiler alert. But um, he told me he's picking him. I don't, maybe he changes his mind here live on the air, but he told me before. So we're going to do these in chronological order, though. So we're going to talk Final Battle first. And first and foremost, what I have to say about Final Battle, I am so freaking excited for this show. Um, and even though the card is not maybe what I would have loved to see, like having a live, okay, it's going to be live to us. I think it was actually taped last week. But having a live full Ring of Honor show, not a one-hour, two-match, three-match Ring of Honor show, a full Ring of Honor show that's going to have storyline meaning, hopefully we think, uh, and all of that. We haven't had, there hasn't been a live pay-per-view from Ring of Honor in a year. Final Battle was the last live pay-per-view for Ring of Honor because of the pandemic. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And since February, there hasn't been actually a live full Ring of Honor show. I started to watch a little bit of it because I, I did my Honor Club subscription two days ago, I think. Um, and I started to watch uh, Gateway of Honor, which was their last live show. And I haven't gotten too far into it because this week's just been too busy. But I'm, I'm stoked for this show. And um, I mentioned in my birthday post on the thread, um, Ring of Honor is the promotion that my brother and I watched together more than anything. Uh, we attended so many Ring of Honor shows alongside you, Tom, uh, for many of those shows in Chicago um, and other Detroit and other places as well. Um, and so to, to watch this tonight is a little bittersweet for me because of losing my brother, but yet I'm excited to watch it, you know, quote unquote, with him, if that makes sense. Um, hey, it was taped last week, as I said in my birthday post. He probably already knows what happened, so as long as he doesn't spoil anything for me, I'm good. But uh, I don't know. I'm excited for this show. I hope it lives up to the excitement. But what do, what do you think of just going into Final Battle, Tom? Yeah, my biggest thing here is <clears throat> seeing guys we haven't seen yet. So I think the, the, the TV product has been presented very well, very clean, uh, a fresh paint of coat, if you will. Um, but I'm excited to see Dragon Lee. I'm excited to see Roosh. I'm excited to see some of the other talents that we haven't necessarily seen on TV yet uh, because of numerous situations. And, and how this plays out, because to me, this sets the course for what will at least be maybe quarter one of 2021 for Ring of Honor. So I'm super excited there. Uh, I, I just bumped up my Honor Club yesterday. Uh, so right there with you. Uh, I was a little nervous. I didn't think it went through at first because it like gave me like an error message on the screen. And then all of a sudden, like all of the VODs up, appeared. And I was like, okay, that was odd. And then I got a billing statement too, because I paid for it with my debit card. Uh, so that was cool. And um, <clears throat> the challenge I have personally is I want to watch it live tonight. I want to be invested for all four hours. Um, we're also celebrating my daughter's college graduation in our own home tonight. So I don't know all, all of that entails aside from uh, takeout pizza from a very cool craft brewery that has pizza. Um, so yeah, so I, if I can't watch Final Battle as it happens tonight, I'm hoping the on-demand is up really quickly so I can still get to it this weekend. 
Yeah, and I, I think I'm going to be watching it live. Uh, that's my, <laughs> my wife. Uh, she's got her Christmas dinner with a couple of, of co-workers. Um, so I'll at least catch the early part of it live. And she kind of knows it's important to me that I really want to see this tonight uh, because of Ted. So I have a sneaky hunch there won't be too much pressure to, to turn it off when she gets over to go downstairs and watch it. Uh, we'll see how that rolls, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the first thing, just before we get into picks, and then we got to jump right into picks, is uh, because EC3, Kenny King, uh, Bandito, and Flamita, each, uh, because of pre-travel protocols, uh, were unable to make it to the tapings uh, for Final Battle and, and uh, the TV tapings. Uh, EC3 and Kenny King have both confirmed that they tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Bandito and Flamita, I haven't seen any confirmation, but you kind of assume that's probably what it is. I thought Bandito had it a couple of months back, actually, and had kind of struggled with it some. So if he got it a second time, man, I'm really, really sorry for him um, or whatever the um, situation there might be. I haven't seen any confirmation on that for Bandito and Flamita. But that leaves Jay Briscoe without an opponent who was supposed to face EC3, uh, Ray Horace without two teammates, and Shane Taylor promotions without opponents as well as they were supposed to face Mexa squad for those six-man tag titles. They are going to, during hour one tonight, uh, they are going to announce the card changes due to that. Um, I, last week, you told me kind of what you thought might happen, although I don't remember if that was while we were recording the podcast or not. So those who are listening, maybe you know what you said, and maybe they don't. Um, so thoughts just on what might happen with Briscoe, Horace, and or Shane Taylor? Yeah, so I, I I don't have a good idea about Ray Horace, even though I would love to see him potentially be the opponent for Dragon Lee if he were to somehow be interjected into the the four-way. I don't know if somehow someone actually have another pick there. Um, but that's that's also a true pick'em. That match to me is a true pick'em. So we'll get there in a, in a moment, I know. Uh, and, you know, with bated breath, you're hoping that we don't have the same pick, uh, perhaps. Uh, uh, I had thought that I... That was cross fingers, not middle fingers, for the for the player. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it is Steve Austin's birthday today. So, there you go. Uh, I uh, I thought that we could see Jay, you know, work with PCO, and then of course his brother Mark, and face Shane Taylor Promotions because there's a little bit of that history there with the Briscoes and the SOS, and have that be for the vacant six man titles if that's the route they choose to go. Uh, as I was thinking about it today, as we just started to record and, and, and final battle thoughts were filling my mind, I thought how cool might it be to have Jay Briscoe be the one to face Dragon Lee for the TV title. That being said, I think titles, I think we're going to have a lot of movement on titles tonight. So in that breath, I don't know that I would put Jay Briscoe in against Dragon Lee. So how about you? What are, you, what are your thoughts, if, if anything, if you've had a yeah, chance to really... I'm all over the place too. Um, I, you know, Shane Taylor Promotions, I think, walks out the six man tag team champions tonight, one way or the other. I think they, and they would have been my pick if Mexico Squad would have been here too. Um, I, I think it makes sense. I think you help legitimize SOS when you do that. You might help legitimize the six man tag titles. You also cut down on whatever concerns there might be around travel. Now, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe Rouge and Dragon Lee and, Bandito and Flamita, had they been able to come in, maybe they were going to stay in the States and be able to be available more often. Roosh, I know his contract is up at the end of the month here, um, or or that was what we once knew to be true. Certainly other things can happen, and maybe he has re-signed and we haven't heard it. Um, who, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of unknown around that right now. Um, 
I agree with you. I, I hope that Ray Horace gets a match because I like Ray Horace. Um, and it would suck if Bandino and Flamita's COVID situation or whatever happened um, pulled him from a match at Final Battle. That would that would suck for him. Um, so I hope he gets a match. I was trying to think, like, is there anybody booked um, or not booked, excuse me, that's been a little bit featured on TV? You know, I was thinking through the pure title tournament. Obviously, Russ Taylor is no longer available. Um, I, I don't see Ray Horace versus Delirious. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I, nothing really jumped at me. You know, I don't really see Ray Horace versus Dalton Castle. And Dalton Castle, actually, they announced on week to week, is going to be on the call uh, with Ian and Caprice uh, tonight. So it's going to be a three-man booth with Dalton. So he's not wrestling him. So I don't know. Maybe Or maybe they'll bring somebody in. Maybe, you know, there maybe there's somebody they're going to give a shot to. Uh, but Shane Taylor Promotions, I, I like your Briscoes and PCO going for the six-man titles as well. I worry about PCO working two matches. Um, but um, but it makes some sense. Um, all I'm asking is, please, God, don't let it be Shane Taylor Promotions versus Eli Isom, Ryan, whatever his name was, you know, three students, basically, that don't have a lot of meaning. If they're going to win the six-man tag titles that are vacant, let them beat someone who there's actually a chance you think the other team might win. Because I think it will help them um, legitimize things. None of that counts in our pickups. <laughs> um, so, because there's no real fair way to do that. But we will start with what is going to happen during our number one, which is free on YouTube and Facebook and the Best in the Planet channel and every other place where they can show a free video, from what I can tell, um, from at uh, 7 o'clock my time, 8 o'clock your time, uh, is hour number one, uh, which is free there, free pre-show, for lack of a better word. But they're calling it just hour one of the pay-per-view. The winner gets a TV title shot later on tonight. Tony Deppen, LSG, Josh Woods, and Dak Draper. Uh, they've done a nice job on TV and on the week-to-week. -week. Um, and I know you don't watch week by week. But... Um, of giving these guys each a little bit of promo time. Um, I thought LSG had a really good promo. Might've been on week by week. I think it was, but he went back to uh, the, I can't think of the name of the place, but in his hometown where he saw his first ring of honor show, the venue where he saw his first ring of honor show and how he was hooked that night and uh, you know what it meant to him. And now he's at final battle and he's got a shot to become the TV champ. I thought they did a really nice job with LSG doing that. Draper, I think, has been really good on the mic. Josh Woods, they clearly have been behind. Um, they put him over Jay Lethal and then got him beat by Flip Gordon. What in the blue? Um, and then Tony Deppen, I'm a fan of. I just like Tony Deppen. Uh, I, it, this is a real pick em. I, You could go any direction. It depends on what do you want to do. Are you trying to make somebody tonight? Um, are you trying to help further something along? Are you gonna? Is there gonna be some storyline that comes out of this match for one or more of these people? Um, I, I just think there's a lot that can happen in this match, which is interesting and fun. Um, look, I'm six matches down, so I got a couple of ways I can play things. I can either be safe and pick what I think will happen, or I can just take a crazy shot at something too. And I might do that later, but I'm not gonna do that here. I'm gonna go safe here. I think Josh Woods wins the title or wins the title, excuse me, wins the title shot. Um, and we talk more about what I think about the title later. But I think Josh Woods, with the push they've been giving him, e even the loss to Flip Gordon not withholding, and you and I talked about last week 
how stupid of an idea that seemed to both of us. Um, and after watching it on play out on TV, by the way, still think it was a stupid idea. Um, but I'm going Josh Woods for the four-way. Nice. Yeah. And I think with the exception of Tony Deppin, even though I thought he did, did look good in the pure tournament, each of these other three guys have have looked extraordinarily strong within the context of the Ring of Honor TV delivery. LSG has the lethal match where they went to the draw and lethal won on a decision. Woods has been up and then down with the Gordon, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you bounce him back here, that makes more sense. Dak Draper had the Brian Johnson Johnston match, and uh, that was a pure title match and it, or pure rules match, and he looked good there. Um, when I think about this and I think about the potential of a title change later in the night, because again, I don't know how comfortable Ring of Honor is keeping talent that's international around until the pandemic really turns the corner in a different way. I'm picking someone here that I think has a chance to really have a rocket strapped to them and matches up, in my opinion, well with Dragon Lee and potentially gets the title. So I'm going with LSG as my pick. That is, if I were to pick a second, you know, if you were to say who's your B choice, LSG probably would be my B choice um, because I think they've done a really nice job with him. Um, and spoiler alert, I figured you were probably going with LSG because you picked him up in our fantasy league. Uh, so that might have tipped me to what you were thinking, uh, but my pick wouldn't we're, have changed. We're, we're. We are close enough in that league points-wise that I'm looking to get every angle I can. Hey, and I don't blame you. And I uh, I had considered Josh Woods for my final pick um, in that uh, league since I only have one add and drop left. And I uh, frankly just ran out of time, didn't get it done. So I guess guess that's not happening tonight um, But uh, for that reason. But Josh Woods was my pick uh, before I saw that too. That's, that's not why I went Woods. Uh, Tom, you get the first pick then for our next match, which is the ROH contract for Danhausen is on the line. Danhausen takes on Brian Johnson. Yeah, I honestly, I've never seen Danhausen, so I'm excited to see him. It seems to be over online, uh, like in the, in the Twitter sphere, if you will. Uh, it seems to be like an interesting character, gimmick, concept, whatever. So I'm eager to see that. And the, the, the gimmick here is if he doesn't win, he doesn't get a contract. Um, and, and I think Ring of Honor is behind him based on all I've seen. So I uh, don't have a whole lot to say here. I think Brian Johnson actually is a good foil uh, for what I think is a baby face in Dan Housen. So Dan Housen's my pick. Yeah, I. Uh, this is my, you know, if there's eight matches, I think, on this card that have been announced now with the change, with the deletion of a couple of matches, uh, this is my eight. Uh, Dan Housen's winning this match. He's getting the contract. I agree with you. Johnson makes a really good foil. He plays a, a nice, angry um, heel but not like an angry badass heel who's going to beat you up. He's an angry heel who says he's going to beat you up and then gets his butt kicked in the process. Um, so, um, and, and then there's a, there's a spot for that on the roster. Um, and so kudos to Brian Johnson for having that spot. Um, but Brian Johnson's not winning a final battle against Dan Housen and when Dan Housen's contracts on the line. Um, I've seen a couple of Dan Housen matches uh, when he worked Ring of Honor TV before the pandemic my thought has always been he's more gimmick than substance in the ring, 
but maybe that'll evolve some too. Um, I think they were just trying to kind of get the character over as they introduced it, um, which he's obviously very committed to um, the character. I mean, he brings a jar of teeth to the ring that at some point, you know, like Tommy Dreamer would would hold your head back and then dump like thumbtacks into your mouth, like Danhausen dumps teeth in your mouth. So um, it's 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 a little weird to be perfectly honest. But uh, Danhausen wins his match. <laughs> We'll, we'll spend more time on matches that we have more to say about, uh, which might be the next match. The Righteous, Vincent and Bateman in a grudge tag team match versus Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, or I'm Matt Taven, as he likes to tell everyone in case we don't know who the former Ring of Honor champion is. Um, I'm a little surprised this isn't a fight without honor or no DQ or a street fight or a pick your random name for that type of match here. Um you know, they're calling it a grudge tag team match, which, you know, used to be on the card that you would get in the program of the old WWF house shows, you know, when they had the old cards and it would say that for a tag team match. So I, I love the little nod to the old. Um, it's a little weird to have it on the graphic because it makes it feel like grudge tag team match is a type of match. And it's I don't I don't think it is. I don't know. Um, well, you have to define it between grudges and just pure competitive sport matches right well and maybe that is because ring of honor is all about sport and competition and all that so this is a grudge um instead of just you know a tag match or even a pure rules tag match which we'll be talking about in just a little bit this is a match where i really have to flip a coin on because i can make a valid argument i think to go either way um vincent and bateman are the heels i don't think this uh this situation between them all ends tonight at final battle I think this is an, going to be an ongoing, and I think it does end at some point in some sort of a street fight, no DQ, cage match of death, I don't know, something. Um, preferably not anything in a graveyard or a fun house of horror match or anything stupid and cinematic. Um, don't do it, Ring of Honor. Fight fight that, uh, that pull to do something like that. Um, so here's here's where I'm going to go for now. Well, I think it continues. I do think Matt Taven and Mike Bennett could use the win. Um, I don't think it hurts Vincent and Bateman to get the win or to take the loss. I think Taven and Bennett get the win, but something happens after the match that continues this. Either Vincent and Bateman get some sort of a sneak attack. Maybe they debut a new member of the Righteous. Uh, maybe that clown guy shows up who hasn't been around for any of this. Chuckles, I think is his name, if I remember right. Um, and I actually think that is his name. I'm not even being a smart aleck when I say that. I think his name is Chuckles. Um, I think something happens that continues. This This is never going to be over kind of thing. But I think Taven and Bennett get the win here. Yeah, I think you're spot on in the sense that this this has legs to continue on. Uh, but it also makes a lot of sense when I think you also tie in last year's final battle, if I'm not mistaken, that is where Vincent either attacked Taven or injured him, or that's what took him out. So when you think about full story or full circle storytelling, having Taven win and Bennett win makes like sense. Again, then the hero gets his, gets his day, even though I think this continues. I agree with you. I also pick this team. I just also have to say, Matt Taven has never done anything for me. Actually, he's like fingernails on a chalkboard when I hear him talk. So, I mean, again, he's not—he's not untalented. He's—he's he's talented. 
I just don't like the way he's presented and I never have. So um, if I'll, if I do watch live and even if I don't watch live, this is the match I'm least looking forward to. Sorry. Sorry, Matt Taven. I'm Tom Bobo and I don't like you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just decided that now every time we get on a call, I'm just going to tell you I'm Jim Fields. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, no, I probably won't do that. Um, I, I would agree with you that this is a match that probably has the least intrigue for me, even though I think they've told a good story. There's nothing been wrong with the story. I, I agree with you. Ta- both Taven and Bennett are guys that I was, the only time I really was kind of, Taven when he first came into Ring of Honor clicked for me for a little bit. Then he did the House of Truth thing, and I don't know, it just never quite worked for me. I was like Truth Martini, just didn't get Taven. Um I thought putting the belt on him was obvious that it was going to happen. I'm not convinced it should have happened. Um, but it was, I mean, had we been doing a head-to-head for the G1 Supercard, Matt Taven would have been my pick there. I, I just think he was, it was obvious that's where they were going. Um, I like Vincent. I don't know what it is about him. I I wish he wouldn't end every single promo with, can you dig it, man? Um, catchphrases are fine, but sometimes they get a little like, you got to work, you got to make it seem natural that you got there. And he just kind of stops talking and then goes, can you dig it? But no, I can't, Vincent, stop. Um, so I like Vincent and Bateman, but anyways, we'll move on. We, we don't want to spend two hours on a match that we're not even that excited about. Um, uh, Tom, that would mean you have the first pick uh, for the Pure Rules tag match, Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus of the Foundation uh, versus Wheeler, Utah and Fred Yehi. I might add, Tom, don't know if you saw the ROH Pro Shop now selling a replica octopus mask. I did see that, and I think it's pretty cool. I'm not going to run out and buy it yet, or at all. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm I am a big foundation guy, and I'm also really excited to see how they incorporate modifications of the pure rules. The tag match gives us a new format, and there's a couple of nuances to the pure rules that they're introducing here. Uh, so I would anticipate they're going to do their best to try to demonstrate that or give us opportunities to see those unfold before our eyes. Uh, I think Yuta and we and Yehai as a, as a foil team for Tracy and Rhett make a lot of sense uh, based on what we saw in the pure tournament. Um, this is also Rhett's first match back since Ring of Honor has come back uh, and his true debut um, in the foundation. So excited, uh, looking forward to this. Big Tracy Williams fan. Uh, the foundation is my pick here. Yeah, I okay. After Danhausen, this would be my next uh, not not a chance in heck of Utah and Yehi winning this match. Actually, I think a bigger question is: Do either Wheeler Utah or Fred Yehi turn on the other one at some point and join the Foundation? Because I think either of them would make good um, additions to the Foundation. I don't think you want to grow it past that because you're at four at that point, or at five, excuse me, at that point. And factions that get past five you start to get into NWO territory and everybody and their sisters in it. And that's not good. Um, I also hope that ring of honor doesn't have eyes on doing a pure rules tag team title at any point in the future. That concerns me just a little bit um, only because again, you get too many titles and and they don't mean as much, Um, you know, work on reestablishing your tag team division, which you can have pure rules, tag team matches as a part of that's fine. Um, but don't try to create two divisions in tag team when you're a tag team roster right now. I mean, you had to go to Mark Briscoe and PCO for your tag title match. So yeah, it's probably not in the best shape. 
Um, nothing against Mark Briscoe or PCO, but when that's your final battle tag team title match and one half of your tag team champion seems to be the guy to lead the pure title division, work on that tag division, ROH. You got a little work to do there. Uh, Williams and Titus are winning this match, period, end of sentence, moving on. <laughs> Let's go to that pure title match next, though, Tom. The Jonathan Gresham defends versus Flip Gordon. You and I have both uh, been clear on this, I'm just writing down our foundation picks, um, on our previous podcast about this match does not make sense. It, it makes no sense. Um, that being said, I'm sure it will be a good match. Both guys are talented. Flip Gordon is another one who doesn't click for me. I don't know why. Um, I don't, as I said last week, I don't think it's necessarily as out of the ring beliefs because gosh, there'd be a whole lot more guys that shouldn't click for me then. Um, I don't know what it is about Flip. He just has never fully clicked for me. Jonathan Gresham, on the other hand, I love what the guy does. Jonathan Gresham reminds me of the American Dragon Brian Danielson when he was first, uh, maybe not first, but when he was, you know, just tying people up into knots um, in his Ring of Honor run. Uh, and and there's, of course, going to be comparisons because of their size. Um, Gresham has worn a maroon, you know, set of gear before in a maroon uh, robe. I mean, there's no doubt Danielson is a, uh, a icon, mentor, whatever you want to say, someone that, that Gresham looks up to. Uh, Gresham obviously wants to make this pure title division important, um, both storyline and I think in real life. Um, I, I think he, that this is who he is. Um, and I think that, that I Flip Gordon is not the guy to lead the pure division. You're still establishing this division. Jonathan Gresham is the linchpin of this division. Uh, so I don't see any chance that Jonathan Gresham loses the title to Flip Gordon here. I hope you see it differently. Sadly, no. Uh, yeah, so when we're talking about confidence picks, if there were to be confidence picks, this is my eight because you don't build, you don't reintroduce the pure title, give Gresham the tournament that he had, and in, start developing the foundation in the way that you are to, to, to flip the belt here and flip, no pun intended, to Gordon. Uh, so, yeah, it's Gresham all the way. And I expect actually a really big 2021. Um, not that I want to see them at all even discuss uh, merging titles again or, or retiring this title or one title or the other. But I, again, Gresham wants this belt to be on par with the world title. And how do you do that? You go out and you seal the show. You have performances that rival the other match and the other competitors. Uh, and I think you're going to begin to see that tonight. And again, I know we differ on our, our point of view in terms of the, the delivery or presentation of Flip Gordon in the ring. I, I favor him. To more than you do, so I'm really excited to see this match happen tonight. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see where does Flip go now. Um, you know, he he really had just joined Villain Enterprises not that long before the pandemic hit. Of course, now Villain Enterprises has all gone their own way. Marty Skrull, Skrull is is kind of persona non grata um, in the wrestling business because of some accusations made there. That's a topic for another day and and maybe even another podcast. Um, you know. Brody King, we're going to talk about a little bit. PCO, we're going to talk about in a little bit. So Flip is kind of reestablishing himself in a new character here. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I think you and I, I, and I knew you weren't going to pick Flip Gordon to win that title. It, it, it just, I don't think you've been drinking today while you've been working. So, you know, I don't think that could happen. Um, 
We're going to move. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Steady, you know, just steady cans of LaCroix. That's there you go. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to the tag title match, which I think is interesting. Uh, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham are the tag champs. I don't expect these matches to air back to back. I think you're going to maybe even or open the pay-per-view itself with one of these matches. Um, and I would open it with this match, to be perfectly honest. Um, I would save the pure title match for later in the show, A, to help raise the, the prestige of that title. Um, but I also think this will be a really, this will be a faster pace match probably than Flip Gordon and Gresham. So it could be a really good way to open the, sh the pay-per-view proper um, after our number one. Uh, let's see, Tom, you are the one who gets to make this pick first. I thought that was the case, and yes. but I was going to let you just roll with it because you were in the groove. Um, yeah, I, 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 the the big question mark here is again, where does Jay Briscoe factor into things, and does this match happen? Does PCO get taken out by Jay Briscoe, and Jay Briscoe gets in the thing with Mark, or does Mark prevent that, or is what like what's going on, and, and where does the six man potential play in here? All of those things we just don't know, and, and we're we're kind of armchair booking in a way of what we think we might uh, expect to see. We might not see any of this. So, um, I, I again, I, I think Foundation was over super strong on this entire show. So I'm sticking with with uh, Lethal and Gresham. The two the two titles I think are the safest, and I thought this before the card was fully developed were the pure title and the tag titles, and I'm sticking with that today. Interesting. All right. Um, so this match, I think, will be a fast-paced match. Let's just pretend this match happens as it's scheduled, because um, that's really all we could do. Um, I think you're right, though. I think during hour number one, it's going to be very interesting to see, does Briscoe take out PCO? I've thought about that option, um, in which case this match just get thrown out for a fix, and neither one of us are going to get it right or wrong if something like that were to happen. So we're picking this on the assumption that these matches happen as scheduled, uh, we're going to have an interesting caveat, I think, in a moment when we talk TV title match that we're going to need to just discuss on air in front of everybody but um, as to how we want to score that. But if this match happens the way it do does, I might have a chance at a point here because I think Mark Briscoe and PCO win the tag team titles tonight. Um, and the reason I think that is because I think you keep Gresham focused on the pure title and I think you can take the tag titles off of them even though some formation of them having the tag titles and Jay Lethal wanting to go after the world title maybe, and the foundation wants all the titles and, and all of that sort of thing. I think Mark Briscoe and PCO win the titles here. And I think within the next few months, Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus will win the tag titles from them. Um, that's the way I see this going. I, I don't see this being a long reign for Mark Briscoe and PCO. I think it, it becomes a final battle moment. Uh, similar to PCO's title win last year at Final Battle, uh, the Quebecer Pierre Carl Wallet is a former Ring of Honor World Champion. Okay, um, you know PCO's fun. Uh, do I think PCO should have been Ring of Honor World Champion? Not really. Um, and they didn't leave it on him terribly long. Um, in fact, he lost it on the show that I just started watching, the Gateway to Honor show, right before uh, the world shut down back in March. So. Um, but I think Briscoe and PCO win this match. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be Briscoe and PCO brawling versus Lethal and Gresham who want to wrestle. Um, and I think Jay Lethal takes the loss here to maybe for a short while hint at some cracks between Lethal and Gresham. I don't think you split them because I think you're you're still establishing the foundation as one of the 
forces to be reckoned with in, in Ring of Honor, and I like the foundation a lot. Um, but you have that moment um, for them, maybe. So Briscoe and PCO is my is my my pick here. Very interesting. If that is the direction they go, it's going to be uh, a historical footnote because it will be the first time that either Jay or Mark win tag titles not with one another. And there's a big story that they've been telling uh, with them being the most decorated tag team in Ring of Honor history. So that would be interesting. Uh, that'd be a, a, an added footnote to the potential Hall of Fame resume of Mark Briscoe. I never thought of Mark Briscoe as a Hall of Famer, but you might be right. You might. I mean, the accolades are there. The accolades are there. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to the Ring of Honor TV title match. Now, here's my question to you, Tom. We have different competitors in this match. I have Dragon Lee versus Josh Woods. You have Dragon Lee versus LSG. When we score this uh, afterwards, let's say, obviously, one, one of us is going to be wrong. Maybe both of us are going to be wrong about who's facing Dragon Lee in this match. Um, since unless they do some sort of a double pin with LSG and Josh Woods, they're not both going to be in this match. Um, and if they do that again, we'll throw it out because that isn't what we picked. Um, so are we picking our guy or are we picking Dragon Lee or Dragon Lee's opponent here? Yeah, I think it's safe that we talk about our guy, but I think the way that we pick this match is we pick either Dragon Lee retains or Dragon Lee loses. And that's how, that's how the, 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 the win or not win gets determined. It doesn't matter who wins in the end, whether it's our guy or not. Um, it's, does Dragon Lee retain the title or Dragon, Dragon, Lee, or Dragon Lee? Lee? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and and that doesn't change my my answer in any way and how I think this goes. I just for scoring my own as I'm watching it happen tonight. Even though I have a sneaky hunch from conversations that we've been having here throughout this 37 minutes that we've been talking, uh, I think we're probably both going the same way on this one. I love Dragon Lee. I think Dragon Lee is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I love that he's the TV champ because I don't want him just pigeonholed as a junior heavyweight or a cruiserweight or a middleweight or whatever the company you're in calls those guys who are smaller. Um, you know, New Japan, he's in the junior heavyweight division when he works there. Um, so I love that he's the TV champ, which puts him on par with heavyweights and people like that. Um, Dragon Lee versus Dak Draper would certainly not be considered a junior heavyweight TV title match, um, which has happened actually again on Gateway to Honor, the, the show that I'm in the middle of watching. Um, I haven't gotten to that match yet. Uh, so I have Dragon Lee versus Josh Woods here. Um, and the reason I picked Josh Woods is I think Josh Woods wins the title. And I'm also picking the field here. I think Dragon Lee drops the title uh, for a couple of reasons. If it's anybody other than Josh Woods, I think because of the potential travel situation, I just think you get the belt off Dragon Lee right now. And if Dragon Lee is able to be in more regularly later, you can always go back to him. You can always do something else with him. Um but for now, get your belt on someone you've got a little more control over them being around. I I hate booking by pandemic, but it's they're running the business. And I just think it's the smart thing to move. So I love that they've taken four not unknowns, but lower card guys that will be elevated if they get into the TV title picture and potentially win the TV title. Um so I, I love that it's them who are going to get this opportunity. Uh, and I think Josh Woods gets it because the only way it makes sense for me that Josh Woods lost to Flip Gordon is then you have Flip Gordon, who still has a world title shot in his pocket. He just got a pure title shot. He's looking for belts. Well, I beat Josh Woods. 
and Josh Woods is the TV champion, I want a shot at the TV title because I beat the guy who's holding it now. That's why when Josh Woods in the four week, didn't want to tip my hat yet to that until we got here. Um, and that's why I'm also picking Josh Woods to win this match slash the field over Dragon Lee. Yeah, and I'm gonna also go with the field here, but my pick just for the sake of the of the discussion is LSG. So we talked earlier about um the the week by week and the segment they did. Um I, I remember seeing a similar segment and, and maybe they interspersed some of the same clips um on week to week that they did in this pre-match uh vignette package before the match with Lethal, where he did talk about it was final battle 05, it was Edison, New Jersey, uh low-key kenta and a bunch of other matches i happened to be there live that was an insane day because i think we drove straight through or close to straight through to get there from michigan to jersey and then drove almost all the way back but weather prevented that from happening and roads were treacherous it was december 17th if i'm not mistaken anyway uh that that element of the story is why and also pair that with how competitive he looked in the lethal match is why I've gone with him here. Uh, and again, I also do unfortunately think as much as I wish Dragon Lee could retain and have a just tremendous run, he got really shortchanged by the pandemic of not being able to give fans and also maybe his lineage, his history, you know, more oomph. Be and, 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 and you can say that for a lot of people, but I, I too, like you, huge fan of Dragon Lee, love him in the ring. Should the, should the sun set on on this title reign tonight, I certainly hope that he goes back to New Japan because there's a lot, I think, that could happen with him there. And I think that might be a better use of, you know, the the, the right parts that he can fit with. Um, so the field for me tonight uh, and the TV title does change hands. Now, was Dragon Lee supposed to face Bandito at the 18th anniversary show? Was that right? I, I want to say so. I, I feel like it was. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have like again. Had we known the world was going to completely turn upside down and just dumped out with like Legos everywhere, you know, I kind of wish I would have like captured all of those like cards that were set to happen because uh, it would have been fun to say. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. I uh, I I definitely feel like, especially over say the last you know four months, uh, but definitely this year, I definitely feel like I've been walking on Legos barefooted. That's that's a good way to put that, Tom. Uh, <laughs> that was good. Uh, all right. Well, the last match, uh, Tom, you're going to get the first pick. It is the Ring of Honor World Title match. Roosh, the world champion, takes on Brody King. What yeah. so we have, just for the record, we have two matches out of seven so far that we have differences on. So we need four out of the next seven to be different. I think I'm getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it's let's let's let it play out but also it's it's you you can't dictate circumstances uh and and i can't make stupid picks that i just don't feel good about <laughs> i wish there was one i could just pull out of a hat to say don't you remember this uh i can't though because i would and oh, I can't, probably, I can't. how many times they pick randy orton for the love of god <laughs> and i care i care about you as a person and your feelings <laughs> thank so, you uh but i'm also a competitor at at the heart of and the core of who i am However, that segment of conversation aside, if we apply the same logic to the Dragon Lee scenario that you apply here, the pick becomes Brody King. Also, you have the factor of, again, the common knowledge, I believe, among most fans of the, the Roosh contract situation. Now, we don't know if Roosh 
came in last week and was in the bubble and renegotiated. For all we know, he's not going anywhere. But we just don't know. And we don't have that information to skew or to bias our picks here. Uh, ah, I'm going to pick Brody King. That being said, I really wish this was Shane Taylor instead. Um, but but I'm but I'm hopeful that they're going to just have a, a kick ass match, and it's going to blow me away. Um, Brody King is not in Matt Taven territory for me, but he also like I need, I need him to start growing on me a little bit quicker because he's big and he's rough and he's tough. But I need to see something, you know, something more. I, I was really impressed with the Shane Taylor match. Uh, without a doubt, uh, and if there's going to be an opponent that's going to go nuts with him and, and be physical and, and, and aggressive, Roosh is that guy. Uh, and again, it's it's unfortunate too that Roosh's title reign really has been marked by a pandemic than anything else because there were tons of things on the table that could have probably and should have happened that we just won't likely see. He won the title on the last show that Ring of Honor ran before the pandemic. Tom, I just don't know what to do here. Um, although I wrote something down, I'm, I'm so second guessing myself on what I wrote down. Here's my thing. I'm with you. Non-pandemic. Forget COVID-19 ever happened. God, don't I wish that we all could do that. Roosh would be my pick on this match 100 times out of 100 matches. Mainly because, and I've made this joke a few different times, maybe even about this match, I feel like Roosh versus Brody King is a Friday night in St. Louis match, um, even though St. Louis was a Saturday night back in February the last time they ran it. Um, but, you know, they ran for, they run Friday night in St. Louis and Saturday night in Chicago Ridge. Roosh versus Brody King is the main event on Friday night. Roosh versus Jay Lethal or something is the main event on Saturday night. At final battle, I'm disappointed that this is our main event. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope that I'm that a match happens that makes me go, you know what? I didn't think it was going to be that, you know, like that coming in, and that was a really good final battle main event. Um, final battle, of course, should have story that leads to this. Look, we're in a pandemic. I can't, I can't, you know, fault Ring of Honor for that. That's just ridiculous. What I can fault Ring of Honor for is Brody King's got like two wins. I mean, he beat Dalton Castle and he beat Shane Taylor. Dalton Castle's a former world champion, but Dalton Castle doesn't mean what Dalton Castle used to mean in Ring of Honor, to me anyways. Being Shane Taylor was was big, but again, Shane Taylor, I think, is ahead of Brody King on the we're building them up, but I don't think he's there either. I don't know that they have the right guy. Jay Lethal probably would have been my pick here to go against Roosh, just because it's a big enough match. It's a big enough name in Ring of Honor. It feels final battle-ish in a year when you just haven't been able to build to a final battle match. Um, that all being said, doesn't matter what I think, because Jay Lethal's not in this match. Brody King's in this match. I'm going to say Roosh wins this match. I'm swinging for the fences here because I am six matches down, Tom. Um, my head tells me Brody King probably wins for all of the same reasons that I just... I'm, I'm such a hypocrite because I just told you Dragon Lee's losing the belt because they have, they, he's a travel problem. And Roosh is the same thing, and now I'm picking Roosh to win the match. Part of it is I need I need a win. And look, if I lose by seven or eight or nine matches, it's not going to matter. I lose. Uh, the only way I win is to have a couple of picks that go different than you. I don't know that I'm going to get three more different picks in the next in the next show here. 
but I know I'm not going to get four <laughs> different picks in the next show here, probably. So I'm going to take my shot, see what happens. I hope he resigned because I like Roosh and they cut Roosh's first title reign too short. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think PCO should have beat him. And I think they kind of knew that when they flipped the title back to him two months later. Um, I, I would hate for the pandemic to take away this title reign too. Although I don't blame her on her if it happens, because if it is a travel problem, if Roosh isn't going to be around or may, or is questionable to be around, then you got to get the belt off him. And I, Guess you put it on Brody King. That was your choice. I don't like it though. So, having not remembered the the PCO and and Rouge history, I want to go back to what we said a few episodes ago, and that four way that I projected potentially as being the main event for a final battle makes me really wish more so that we had it. I know, and and again, I don't mean to be like I'm a great armchair booker. I am not. I'm not anything. You're I've never, a polo. I've, ne- I've never, I've never done anything in the wrestling business. Ever set up set, set up chairs one time at Ring of Honor. Um, so uh, that's a which is more than some people in power have ever done. To quote to quote a friend of ours, no names, please. Um, uh, anyway, a four way with. Roosh, PCO, Shane Taylor, and Brody King gives you maybe a little bit more latitude to do something. Uh, and it harkens back to the first main event at Final Battle 2002 when you had a four-way. It wasn't for the title then. Uh, that being said, again, I think it would be an, a, an, an ode to the history of the promotion. Again, you have a it's a blank canvas for lack of a better term. And there there are some there's some colors already on it, and there's gonna be a lot more colors that we add to it tonight. So I don't blame you for your pick, and I'm glad that we have three differences here. Uh, no matter what, because I love the idea that we're inching closer to potentially having uh, you having a shot or you know, hey, if we if we result in a tie, it's just two guys with a big smile on their face. That's right. Since I've already paid off my fantasy football bet, I'm okay if I don't have to pay off one more. Uh, <laughs> well, we have another show, uh, and I got to say, Tom, I'm not as excited about TLC as I am about Final Battle, but I also don't think it'll be a bad show. Like, it's not, um, what was it, Extreme Rules, I think, where you and I wrote, were both just like, I'm going to watch it, but I don't know why. Um, horror show. Oh. Horror show. Wasn't that when they had the stupid eye for an eye match? Was that at Extreme Rules? Yeah. Um, we don't have time to go down that rabbit hole again, nor do I hate myself enough to do that. Um, so, um, and their build's been okay for TLC. I don't know. It's just missing something. And I guess I'm a little... Like, they have the two TLC matches, but we usually also had a tables match somewhere. And, I mean, the women's tag match that was originally set scheduled for this show screamed tables match. They put Lana through nine tables and then didn't make it a tables match. What, what are we doing? Like, I mean, you wrote the story and then you didn't do it. Um, you know, some sort of a ladder match, although the TLC matches kind of take care of that piece. Um, when they've had chairs matches before, I just think a chairs match is stupid. I don't know why, but a chairs match has always been, you know, when Mark Henry and Ryback had a chairs match a number of years ago. Um, dumb. Just dumb. So, I don't know. This show is... It'll be fine. On paper, there's a lot of really good matches when you think about the competitors. 
But then you have to remember this is WWE we're dealing with. <laughs> and and that's and, and that's that's the truth, but it's also sad. Like it really truly is. And and it doesn't like it diminish the talents in the ring, nor probably how they're gonna because they have personal pride, I'm sure, as well. More than just how they're how they're presented, how they're booked, you know, the, the man in charge or you know, the, the people with the pencil. I again I, I agree with you. I'm looking forward to it, but but it's it's a different level of interest than than I believe we both have for final battle. Yeah. So I get the first pick here since you had the first pick in that Ring of Honor title situation. Um, and we're going to start with the Raw Tag Team title match. The New Day, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston defend against the hurt business of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I'm not 100% sure what we're doing with this storyline. Um, Shelton Benjamin has gotten beaten about 9,000 times in a row. Cedric Alexander seems to win most times when he faces the New Day. For a, and and they've hinted towards like Cedric's been a little cocky, and you've gotten some funny looks from MVP and Shelton Benjamin. Um, I really hope they're not breaking up the hurt business. Like I feel like that that faction still has a lot of legs to it, um, and a tag title run would would give some legitimacy. Um, I think it would be a nice step up for Cedric Alexander as well. Um, and the New Day, for a little while, almost were act, acting heelish or like they were better than having to deal with the Hurt Business. I, the, it's just been weird booking um, in this this feud. That all being said, the, if the Hurt Business loses this match, what's been the point of anything you've been doing? Um and I'm not sure even if they win, there's a point to anything you've been doing. But uh, to me, Benjamin and, and Alexander have to win the tag titles here. Um, I just, I don't, I don't fully understand what we're doing with the Hurt Business or the New Day. Honestly, to me, I think they should put the tag titles, this is going to sound stupid, so stay with me for a minute. I think they should put the tag titles on T-Bar and Mace. <laughs> There we go. We got our retribution plug. A, A, it would make as much freaking sense as anything else they're doing right now. B, those two guys actually look dominant. And if you actually book them to be dominant instead of that faction to be, you know, Wiley Coyote and his band of friends um, who can't do anything right, um, you know, maybe you could do something with that. But I'd actually be trying to get retribution over. And clearly that is no longer a, a uh, priority to WWE. I'm not convinced it ever was. Um, I'm going to go Benjamin and Alexander here. Not real strong confidence in that, but I'm I'm going with it. That's a good pick, and and I I think this is a match that could be a coin flip in a way too. But you're right. Like, where are they going and what are they doing? And 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 sadly, I think you can use that statement in a lot of wwe stuff but we but we talk about wwe so like we have we have the right to be critical and ha and, and make that statement and ask that question uh, i think my head thinks that the hurt business is going to win but i agree with you something's off with cedric and but why would you get rid of him after you recruited him in and why would you turn on him like all of that doesn't jive and giving them the belts boosts them because you've got Lashley as the U.S. champion, and, and you become dominant because you are you're winning and you have gold. 
And New Day is evergreen. They're never going to not be over. So they don't need belts to, to do that. Um, however, I don't see the title switching here. I think the New Day retains because that's WWE for you. Like it's it, they've been on that path where Cedric's been the one getting the win and and somehow, some way there's gonna be something happens with he and Shelton, I think. And that's how the New Day retains the titles. So we have another different pick. I want the Her Business to win for the Fantasy League because I'm, I think, really close to claiming Shelton Benjamin. Um, again, did that on a on a on, on the whim of I need points. Um, however, I, my 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 pick is the New Day. I kind of thought you were going to pick them because of that. To be perfectly honest with you, Tom, um, I was a little disgruntled that. Uh, in my brain, I didn't think about that when I made the PCO ad because WWE titles are worth more than Ring of Honor titles. So, yeah. Might have been stupid. Uh, so, there we go. We have our fourth difference. We'll, and we'll know, if, if we get to six differences, we'll know by the end of tonight because whether I've still got a shot going into Sunday. Uh, but we'll know here in five more matches whether it even matters. Uh, let's go to the women's tag title match. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defend versus Asuka and a mystery partner after Lana apparently being put through a table nine times wasn't enough to get her out. But then they they twerked the holy snot out of her leg. I mean, that just looked, they certainly made it look nasty when they took her out. Um, but she's apparently out. I have found nothing that says she's actually injured. And the fact that she worked a match that night tells me I, I don't think she really is. I think they're choosing to do this for storyline reasons. Again, why? <laughs> why? But you get the first pick here, Tom. Yeah, well, I just want to start off by saying, Jim, you've been waiting for this for a long time. Your payoff in a different way is here. The mystery partner, Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce. There it is. We've been waiting for Yeah, I... I have no idea who the, who the mystery partner is, but uh, but when I was preparing for our conversation, that thought hit me, and I just smiled, knowing knowing what we've talked about before and how she completely completely has fallen off the face of the earth since pinning Bailey. Telling a whole I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think Naya and Shayna retain here. Um, yeah, I don't. I, having Asuka be the Raw Women's Champion and then having another title and then having just a random mystery partner, unless that mystery partner is Lana and the payoff is that they win the titles together. Right. That's all I would see that would make sense. But I also like don't think they're going to go down the same path where they did earlier in the year where you had Sh Sasha and Bailey having all of the straps. I don't think that you do that here with, with Asuka, nor do I think you need to. So I think the champions retain. I have no clue who the mystery partner is. If it ends up being Lana, what in the heck was the angle on Monday Night for in the first place? Yeah. Uh, so here's my outside shot for the mystery partner. It's almost Royal Rumble in WrestleMania time. Charlotte Flair. Here's my problem with that pick. I agree with you. I don't think you, the only reason you put the tag titles on Asuka would be with Lana to give Lana that win. And then you probably quickly flip them either back to Nia and Shayna or I, I don't know, to some other random pairing of two ladies that they've done nothing to build up. Or maybe you flip them to Mandy and, and Dana. I was going to say Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. 
uh, well, if they were to, well, Dakota's out for a little bit injured though. Um, well, is she injured or injured? I, I we'll see. Um, I think you got too much to do to build up Raquel over in NXT. Uh, I haven't seen NXT from this week. So um, I've seen about 30 minutes of AEW and that's it from this week. So other than raw and uh, that's three hours of my life. I can't have back. Um, so the only reason to do that, like Oscar and Charlotte as tag champs makes zero sense. Um, in my thought would be you bring Charlotte back here and you start building towards either Charlotte Oscar at the rumble or some sort of long-term build to Charlotte Oscar at Mania. Um, and there's a lot of story you can tell there because they faced each other at Mania before and all of that. Um, and, and I don't know if it's not Charlotte. I don't think you would waste a Ronda Rousey return at TLC in a women's tag title match. Um, I it just, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, you know, I hope the search party is out there trying to make sure Peyton's okay. Um, Billy Kay has gotten more TV time than Peyton Royce lately. I, uh, um, my blood pressure's going up, Tom. I don't know what's happening here, but, uh, I, you know, they, they kind of tease that it could be Mandy or Dana on Monday. Uh, and then, you know, you're building Mandy and, Dana, Mandy and Dana as a team. Don't put one of them with Asuka for the night like that. That would be dumb. So that's where I think Charlotte might make some sense. That being said, then, what, how do you beat Asuka and Charlotte? Like, that should be a tag team that beats everybody. Um, you know, so that that becomes tough, too. And maybe it's some miscommunication that starts something between the two of them. Or maybe... Shayna taps Asuka and maybe at the Rumble we get Shayna and Asuka and we get Asuka and Charlotte at Mania. I could deal with that. That would be fun. Um, but but Nia and Shayna are winning here, I think. I probably would have picked Asuka and Lana um, had they kept this match the same. And especially had they made it a tables match because Lana putting Nia through a table is the payoff that you're building towards for nine weeks. You spent two months building a story for a company that can't spend three hours and keep a freaking story moving along at, at, you know, in any way that makes sense in raw, you spent nine weeks telling a story that now you just choose not to pay off. Mind numbing, mind numbing. I, it makes no sense. All right. Enough of that before I blow a gasket about the raw women's division. Um, but hey, the good news, Tom, I don't know if you saw it on SmackDown tonight. Well, you and I are busy watching Final Battle. The Street Profits will defend the tag team titles for, I, I think it's the first time ever, against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. I've been waiting to see that match. I don't think I've ever seen. God. <sighs> Short-term memory loss is what they think we all have. And a long-term memory, memory loss. I, I almost want to go, um, I don't know if you've ever used the website profightdb.com. Uh, it's a, a great resource for um, matches, uh, wrestling match results. And it's a, you can search by wrestler, and then you can search by their opponent and or tag partner. So you can see how many times have Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins been in the same match, which obviously would be a lot lately. Um, I, I almost want to go and look at Street Profits and Dolph Ziggler and see like the eight pages of results that you're going to get. And that doesn't even include house shows because we've been in a pandemic for nine months. Uh, anyways. That match isn't happening on this show at this time. Maybe they'll add it after they have their first match ever tonight. It'll mean a rematch Sunday 
on the kickoff show that I will not watch. SmackDown, though, does have a women's title match on on uh, Sunday. And uh, let's see. Uh, you made the last pick first, so I make the pick here. Uh, SmackDown women's title match is Sasha Banks versus the returned Carmella. Uh, I got to say, I kind of like the new attitude of Carmella. I like that she's not the almost ditzy Jersey girl that she played for so many years. Um, of course, she was with Enzo and Cass to begin with, and then they never fully changed her gimmick. She was just kind of the same character after Enzo and Cass um, went away, um, and they, they could stay away. Um, it's okay. Um, Carmella was the star, frankly, of that shtick. Um, I don't... Enzo's not a star. Enzo's a twit. Um, but um, I, I like this new attitude to Carmella. I like the idea that she's, you know... I can't think of the word that she uses, but, um, you know, she, she's the thing like she, she's it. No, nobody's better than her. She's the thing. Uh, Carmela's good in the ring. She's not probably Sasha's level in the ring, but she's good in the ring. I think this would be a good match. So we have, of course, the story that Sasha never holds the title for very long. She has defeated Bailey in a rematch. Um, and they've built a nice little, uh, grudge here between Sasha and Carmela. Um, I just don't think you take the belt off Sasha this soon. On the flip side, I don't think you really need to beat Carmella this soon either. But hey, it's WWE, so why not do something stupid um, and book a match that you really can't book your way out of because neither one should probably lose right now um, to the other one. So why not build Carmella up with some wins against some other people and then build her towards Sasha? Why would we want to do that? Let's just put her right in there, feed her the lions, let her get beat. Now Carmella mean nothing. Um, so all that to say, I shake my head at the booking. I think this could be decent though in the ring. And, I, but I think Sasha wins the match. Just remember Jim wins and losses don't matter in the WWE only in head to head. Head to head. <laughs> yeah. Sasha's my pick too. I really enjoyed the match they had a week ago on SmackDown and the post-match angle. It really gave a lot of grit to me for Carmella. Um, and, and it mirrored the attitude and again, cause the vignettes that teased her coming back didn't give us this side of her. It was, you know, kind of like glamorous, but, but like Melina almost for a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but, but what we've seen hasn't necessarily matched that apple for apple, which is good because I actually like the direction they've gone. I like that they've made her, they legitimized her more so than they ever had before. And again, having a, having a champagne bottle smashed over, over your, over your back and, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever holds champagne or wine dumped on your head or smashed over your head. I mean, she, she, she brought Sasha to the woodshed after that match went to a DQ. So, um, but yeah, you don't, you don't take the belt off Sasha here. I, I, I think I may be totally wrong. I think the long-term play is Bianca Belair eventually beats Sasha. Who knows? Um, but Sasha retains. That, that should be the long-term plan. If Bianca Belair does not win the SmackDown women's title at WrestleMania, they're idiots that crown her there. Hopefully there's some fans able to be at WrestleMania. I think that would be really good. Um, yeah. Bianca's a star and, and, but I think you build, I, I'm glad they didn't rush her right into a title match. Um, like they're doing with Carmella here. You're building her, build her well. And Sasha and Bianca promo wise, if nothing else will be awesome. I mean, that's, that's going to be fun to watch. Well, Tom, the next match. Yesterday morning, they switched this. This originally was just a match between The Fiend and Randy Orton. 
But after the events of last Friday night, when Randy Orton uh, attempted homicide on Bray Wyatt and lit a, I don't know, road case on fire that Bray Wyatt was in, uh, he was not arrested for attempted homicide. He was instead granted a Firefly Inferno match versus The Fiend, who he was already facing already on Sunday. No word yet on what a Firefly Inferno match is. Uh, we, of course, had the Inferno match. Maybe there's been one other, but we had the the first ever one was Kane and The Undertaker. Um, kudos to Kane and The Undertaker. I've seen uh, some of the, the Stone Cold, uh, what does he call them, Stone Cold Sessions or whatever it is, the, the podcast interviews with The Undertaker. I also saw The Undertaker and Kane when they did their sit-down, walk-down memory lane. Um, if nobody's watched those on uh, YouTube, or on YouTube, on WWE Network, uh, they are are highly recommended. All three of those shows, uh, I really enjoyed, learned a lot. And they said it was just hotter than hell, literally, no pun intended, um, in that Inferno match. And I can't imagine you got flames shooting up every time they hit the mat and whatever. Um, I don't know if that's what we're doing here. You certainly could. You're in a closed environment. You know, you've got control of the environment, all of that. Um Your pick. What, yeah. what we, I, I didn't want to go too far down that because that gets into what I think might happen. So you get the first pick. So you you go ahead, Tom. You got it. Yeah. So my pick is the fiend, and I, I, uh, I, 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 congratulations, Tom just won head to head. I uh, I um I thank you, thank you, thank you. I uh, um. I think for me, at least, and, and, and it's, it's been one of those, you know, it's not always perfect, but when you look at how they presented the fiend and how I think that he connects in, in an era where there's literally no audience as a fan on my end, I think it's one of the best things, if not the best thing WWE has done this year uh, or from March on, you know, I go back to the Cena stuff, that that happened at WrestleMania, the stuff with Braun Strowman, uh, you know, his he's 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 used so sparingly, the fiend that is, that I think that there's still mystique there. So whoever and however this match ends up playing out, I hope really fire is not involved, but that's the payoff, really, if it's an inferno match. Um yep. I, I just don't see Randy Orton getting the win. Uh, I don't see anyone beating the fiend, you know, like in, in, in normal rules matches. So maybe that would lead me to pick Randy Orton here, but I just, I'm not going to, especially because it, as ironic as it seems, the fiend should be going for revenge. If Ray Riot was set on fire in a, in a case. So there, that's, again, we're, we're trying to apply logic to something that WWE is presenting. That's where, that's the first left turn that we took wrong. Oh, yeah, we took that a long time ago. Um, you know, I, I went, The Fiend is my pick here. I, I tried to come up with a reason to come up with Randy Orton to win this match because you could set The Fiend on fire and still have him rise from it, you know, kind of thing. And, and they might do that. Like, there's a, a part of me that thinks I wouldn't totally be shocked if Randy sets him on fire. But he did that on Friday, so to do it again on Sunday seems a little silly. Um, and I mean, the fiend walked out of fire on Friday. So what does it even matter to light him on fire? Because clearly that doesn't work. Um, I like it. And, and ultimately I really do think the fiend wins this match. And I also realized that picking out Randy Orton here would only get me to five differences. And I am 
99.9% sure that you and I are going to have the same picks on the two title matches. So swinging for the fences for Randy Orton doesn't really do anything to me here. Um, especially when I just don't really, the, the only reason I would pick Randy Orton to win this match is because it makes no sense for Randy Orton to win this match. So therefore WWE might just do that. <laughs> but picking Randy Orton also led me to this hole. So up yours, Randy Orton, the fiend lights you on fire. It's almost fitting that we're here and yes. Randy Orton is where it actually comes down to to being the deciding factor. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Light him on fire, Fiend. Light him on fire. <laughs> well, so with that being said, I don't want to diminish our final two picks, but I think we have consensus that with the two title matches and the two TLC matches, we both see each champion retaining. Am I correct in that? No, I thought we were both picking title changes. No, yes, yes, you are correct in that. <laughs> sure. So, 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 uh, I, I think we should. I don't want. I don't want to not give each match, you know, their own time. But I thought it might be interesting because we don't have any difference in pick here, and the for for all intents and purposes, the contest is decided. Um, which is which? Which of these two matches are you most looking forward to? I am most looking forward. Um... You know, so here's my one, uh, probably Roman and Kevin, um, for a couple of reasons. One, I like that Kevin Owens is back in the world title picture, if only for a month. I don't know that it's going to be a lasting thing for him. But Kevin Owens, while used kind of well in WWE, I mean, he's got a ton of titles. He's got, you know, I mean, really, if you look at it, Kevin Owens has been successful. I don't think they've ever scratched the surface of what Kevin Owens could have been for them. Um, Kevin Owens can talk like... He's one of the better promos in all of pro wrestling, in my mind. And I think Kevin Owens is best if you would stone cold him and just give him some bullet points and let Kevin Steen, the man, figure it out from there. Uh, you and I had a chance to, unfortunately, in text format, I really wish it could have been um, in an audio format or a video format. Um, we had a chance to interview Kevin Steen a number of years ago here on Two Spot Monkeys in our first iteration. Uh, it was unfortunately through email, um, but he was he was witty. In fact, for the record, if anybody remembers when Kevin Steen faced Eddie Kingston in Shakara um, and said, maybe I'll come out as Bumblebee um, and put a Bumblebee mask on in a promo, the very first place he mentioned Bumblebee was Two Spot Monkeys. It was our interview, and then he cut the promo on Ring of Honor television. Now, I'm not saying he didn't already have that planned. But the very first place you ever saw Kevin Steen talk about playing being Bumblebee for Chikara was on Two Spot Monkeys. Just a little piece of side note history. Look it up, people. It's free. it's there. Um, so I think that's the one I'm most um, interested in. My one, uh, here's my fear, and I know it's totally going to come true. TLC matches, because they're no DQ, they're, you know, all of that. We're going to see Jey Uso get involved in that match. I wish we wouldn't. We're going to see The Miz, John Morrison, and Omos probably get involved in the WWE title match. Now, Omos is one who there could be some sort of really cool ladder spot with him because he's as tall as a freaking ladder as it is. Um, that could be interesting, almost. <clears throat> Please. I don't know why you put the money in the bank case on Otis, only to just have him lose it, and now Otis is joined Team Alpha and is being trained by Chad Gable, which I actually, the first time they did that, I was like, oh, cool. They're going to turn them into wrestling, you know, machines, and they're just going to start tearing people up. Uh, no. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Again, I tried to apply logic to that. So you put the money in the man case on Otis. Now you just took it off him. 
through a stupid story. You're doing nothing with Otis. Get the thing off the Miz. The opening to Raw on Monday night was awful. The whole Christmas story and John Morrison playing Braveheart McIntyre and stabbing and the whole, oh my God. Oh, end it. But we know the Miz is going to be involved in this somehow. Maybe he'll cash in on Sunday night so we can get him Claymore and get him the heck out of that title picture and let him, look, look, he he kicked, outkicked his coverage in marriage. Be a happy guy. Go live your life with Maurice and the kids. Get off my TV. Um, I, he's gotten to the point, you know, I have been a fan of The Miz, and I think The Miz could have been bigger for WWE, and I know you don't feel that way. Um, we've talked about that before, but at this point, they've just turned him into this annoyance, and not in a way that I'm like, oh, I really want to see that guy get his butt kicked. He's an annoyance, and like, just, I don't want to watch him. I want to fast forward past his crap. John Morrison should be a star for that that company, and they've made me not give a rip about John Morrison. Um, so I guess that's my rant about those two matches. If they just leave them to the four men who are scheduled to be in those matches, those could be very, very good matches. Yeah, my 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 pick of the two, and I and and I forget if we even said this before we recorded or, or while we were recording because we talked first about Final Battle. Um, but I, on paper, I love both of these matches. Like these are the two types of matches where, without a gimmick, I think they'd be great matches in the ring. I would love to see Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns give me. 25 minutes. I would love to see Drew and AJ give me 25 minutes. They are incredibly talented individuals, wrestlers that I think are in the upper echelon of anywhere, anywhere uh, in the world. And then when you add a TLC gimmick to it, it doesn't hurt things in my opinion either. It, it maybe adds the physicality. The physicality is really where I want to see it in that Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns space. And I also would agree with you that that's, that's kind of my lean to match of what I'm most looking forward to. The only other thing I will add on to what you said, and you, you summarized it all really well and you talked about it really well. Um, I would never want to be on an Island with the Miz and Matt Taven and myself, cause I would probably have to commit a homicide. Um, and, uh, and if I could ever get off the Island, um, because that would not be good for any of us. Um, but Matt Taven would go first. Um, I'm, what am I doing? I'm acting like I'm going to murder someone. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> this um, podcast is so getting flat. <laughs> <laughs> can I retract all those statements? They're all in jest. Right. Um, Our names are not Tom or Jim. We are Jeff and Stu. We will blame uh, those two for this. <laughs> good, good grief. I, uh, that got dark quickly. Um, the only... <laughs> The only other thing that that I wanted to add to what you shared, uh, and it wasn't what I said, was just the potential involvement of Sheamus, and yeah. and how he might get in in the mix here. I'd love to see actually Sheamus and McIntyre kind of in a longer term program, and that maybe that's what happens for Rumble. Uh, would be I would be on game on for that. Uh, yeah, Miz having the, the briefcase, it just does nothing for me. And you know, if he cashes in, in and doesn't win. What a waste. I mean, it, it's, I know it's a gimmick and, and you don't always, you can't always have everybody cash in and win the title in, but you chose to pivot it from Otis to Miz. You could have pivoted from Otis to anybody else. And that's the direction you chose to go. So anyhow, so Drew McIntyre is the pick for the WWE title match on both of our ends. And Roman Reigns is the pick in the universe title TLC in both of our uh, choices. And we will see where the dust settles in the end when we come back next week we have, we have four or, or the next time. two shows that uh we differ on so one of two things can happen 
Well, what, a number of things can happen. Worst case scenario, I get beat by 10 in a six-month competition, and that's just embarrassing. Although I don't feel strong enough about any one of those four picks to think that's not going to happen. Um, although you going undefeated over two shows back-to-back -back on the same weekend would be remarkable. Um, and you've had a really good run. So kudos to that, Tom, and who knows? Maybe it'll happen. Uh, best case scenario, though, is that I will lose this competition in six months by two matches, which is very respectable in the end. Um, so, and, and much more likely is something in the middle um, where I probably lose by six because we go two and two across these or something like that. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's always fun. We were, I think the plan, um, as, as I say this, excuse me, while we record, is we'll reset then here at the turn of the year and we will start again with a new six months. Um, Tom's nodding, so that's good. Um, probably, I think we should do Wrestle Kingdom. I think we should include Wrestle Kingdom into this head-to-head -head if, if uh, we can. So Yeah, I'm game, on, I'm game on for that. That sounds like a great plan. I think that'd be a fun way and we'll keep this rolling. Uh, just programming notes, we have talked about, uh, we're hoping to be able to touch base next week. Um, and do a Christmas episode talk, you know, uh, uh, we know who's won head to head, but maybe we've talked through three big things from these shows. And uh, another idea we've had is to talk a little bit about uh, our favorite wrestling gift that we've ever gotten, wrestling themed gift. So we're hoping to find a time to do that. Um, it's just going to depend on our schedules, obviously with Christmas and, and all of that um, and work and all of those kinds of things. Uh, we'll have to, Tom and I'll have to just figure it out. Um, so no promises on next week. Uh, but then the week after Christmas, I know we're going to try and connect that week as well. Um, and I, I think it'd be fun to do some sort of a year end, uh, what a year it's been, 2020, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, look back and, and maybe talk about some of our favorite things that have happened over the year, even though we had that large chunk where it was just WWE, really, um, and AEW uh, for a number of months there in, in the wrestling world. Uh, what was your favorite cinematic match of the year? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Something you never knew you needed until you received it. A cinematic yeah. match. A cinematic match, yes. A trash monster with the Street Profits. Uh, I'm not letting go of that, am I? I'm not letting no, go of the no. trash monster. Uh, but uh, all, above all, folks, uh, since this will be the last time we talk to you, well, no, maybe not the last time we talk to you before Christmas, if it's the last time we talk to you before Christmas, if we don't get a chance to record next week, Merry Christmas. Have a great holiday season. Enjoy wrestling. You know what? We've got two shows this weekend, uh, and, and then we've got some other weekly shows. Impact and AEW, that seems to be going on You know, even more. They've, they've announced that uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers are going to take on Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns at their next pay-per-view, Hard to Kill, uh, in January, which I got to say on paper, that could be a really fun six-man tag. I mean... Yeah. The machine guns and Swan bumping around for the Good Brothers. Obviously, Omega is Omega. Anderson, I think, is really underrated, frankly, as a wrestler. Um, yeah, that looks really fun. Wrestle Kingdom is coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got, you know, Tetsuya Naito is going to be defending the title against Kota Ibushi and against, and then the winner of that will face Jay White. You got o Okada versus Osprey. There's a lot of good stuff going on in wrestling right now. So, hey, if you don't want to watch TLC on Sunday night, I can't even say I blame you. Watch something else. Um, Honor Club is back. Final Battle is there. Uh, IndieWrestling.tv, IndependentWrestling.tv, which is you know got uh, Game Changer Wrestling and Beyond Wrestling and, and all of those different organizations is on there. Uh, there's, there's good stuff out there. So take some time over the holidays. Watch some good wrestling. Um, watch some bad wrestling. I don't know. Whatever you need to do. Um, 
Sometime, Tom, uh, I haven't told you this before, and I know we're running up against time here, but uh, we've talked about retro reviews. We've got a couple that we've, we've talked about doing here for the future, uh, one that we even started watching and haven't gotten finished. Uh, but uh, I think you and I should do a retro review on the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view. Do you remember this Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view from a number of years back? Loosely, yeah. Yokozuna Loosely. and Jake Roberts uh, wrestled Jim Neidhart and... Oh, I'm forgetting now who the other one is in the main event. It could be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, everybody's out of shape. They get winded. They get blown up. It's just like the worst thing ever. But it's all wrestlers that were huge stars when you and I were young. Um, it's a terrible wrestling show. But I think it'd be fun to do a retro review on it. And it's on YouTube. So, um, I, you know, if you ever want to punish yourself for two hours, we, you can watch that show and we can talk about it here on the podcast. Um. Uh, Tom, what would you? Anything you'd like to? Uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to punish myself. No, I don't. I want to just live. I want to live high, uh, uh, high in uh, good standing, and uh, be a very um, non-murderous individual. <laughs> That's true. Yes, we'd like to make sure that we mention here on the podcast we condone no violence, um, and anything we have said is all in jest. Um, Seriously, though, be safe, everybody. Um, enjoy the weather. It's beautiful here in Nebraska today. There's still snow out on the ground from earlier a week ago, uh, but it is absolutely gorgeous in Nebraska today. I know our friends in the Northeast, Annette, um, stay safe out there in the snowstorm. I know she posted a couple of Facebook Live videos um, with the six mountains of snow that's out, falling out there. Um, stay safe. Tom, is it snowy in, in Michigan? No. Not at all. Nope. No, nope. I mean, in some parts, not my parts. So right, right, right. It, right. It's, it's actually insane. Like it's actually we're like seventeen inches below like what normally would be would have fallen at this time of year. So, but I'm good with it. I don't mind not shoveling, and I appreciate somewhat of a blue sky and sunshine. So, rock and so roll. If it's nice where you are, get outside, enjoy the fresh air, um, and stay away from people. That's just the best thing we can do right now. Six feet of social distancing all the time. Amen. Everybody have a great week and uh, we will talk to you again just as soon as we can. Hit us up on social media though and uh, we'll talk with you soon. Take Bye, care. Everybody.